0: This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. The WFHB News Department is working with Limestone Post magazine to produce a deep dive look into the quality of water in Lake Monroe. And that's our sole drinking water source here in Bloomington. Now, that story will appear in an August edition of Limestone Post to be followed by several weeks of related reports here on WFHB. I'm writing the story for the Post. And already I've had Maggie Sullivan of the Friends of Lake Monroe and Vic Kelson of the City of Bloomington Utilities Department on this program to talk about the area's water security, now and in the future. This week we welcome another key figure in the effort to keep Lake Monroe's water clean and drinkable. Our guest is Michelle Cohen, Executive Director of the Lake Monroe Water Fund. Michelle! Welcome to Big Talk.
1: It's wonderful to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, Michelle, you've got sort of a new job, and it's actually sort of a new organization uh, within the last couple of years. Now, the Lake Monroe Water Fund, what is it?
1: Well, you're right that it is uh, sort of a new organization. Uh, we were formed a couple of years ago, and I came on about a year and a half ago. So what is it? Well, uh, let me tell you about water funds in general first. uh, There are um, about 48 water funds throughout the world that were put up by the Nature Conservancy, which I'm sure you've heard of, a huge environmental organization. Uh And the idea behind them is to create a separate organization from the Nature Conservancy, but one that looks at where water falls and runs down into a water source like a lake or a river, or whatnot. And to say, well, the folks who are using that water, they need to invest in things upstream to help improve the water quality if they're going to be using the water.
0: In other words, stuff maybe ten miles away,
1: or or a lot more, or it more de- depends on how big. And the, the water, the
0: water from there is flowing into. S- lake Monroe. Right. Let's let's talk let's, about our yeah. lake. Yeah, yeah.
1: As an example, so for our watershed, Lake Monroe is very important because it's used as a drinking water source, of course. And so the idea here is to say, okay, well, the city of Bloomington uh, uses that water as a drinking water source. Yet a very small sliver of Bloomington is actually in the watershed. Yeah. So what we want to do is invest in programs and on-the-ground solutions to help improve and sustain water quality. But those are in maybe Brown County or Jackson County or parts of Monroe County that are not within the city
0: limits. A huge percentage of the watershed is Brown County. Right. And, you know, a little bit of of, uh, Monroe County. And as you say, Bloomington is almost out of it Right, it's just
1: a tiny, tiny portion of the city's in it.
0: So even our wastewater goes beyond Lake Monroe, somewhere else. else. It's yeah. not. Right. It's not Lake Monroe's problem. Right. It's somebody else's.
1: It's everybody's downstream from someone else, though. It's kind of the global prospect uh, perspective I have.
0: Now we're talking about a fund. Money must be raised. Apparently,
1: that is the main idea: is to create uh, funding structures so that projects can get done. And, And those funding structures vary from fund to fund. So what we're starting out with right now is uh, grant writing and some more typical traditional fundraising. Um, but we hope to get to a point where we have a more stable source of income um, in the future. But right now we're just building that momentum and, and trying to get to that point.
0: What could possibly be a more stable source of income than grants, foundation grants, and things on that order? Uh, I mean, how do nonprofits? Make any money? Right. Well, they're not. Ma- <laughs> well, technically, they're not making money, but they're pulling money in and putting it right. out there. Right. Yeah.
1: So um, those sources might continue to be something that we uh, use as we evolve. But you know, other funds throughout the world have taken on different sources like there might be some government support like for Uh example right now we do receive some funding from the city of Bloomington to help us get started and help us leverage other Uh dollars Uh which is fantastic you know so that might be something that in the future becomes a little bit more um, regular or a little bit more sustainable.
0: Now is that how you got hired uh, with that that seed money as it were? Yeah we
1: got some seed money from the city and it's really helpful in having that capacity building, because yeah. a lot of times traditional grants don't want to pay for kind of the, the basic capacity of an organization. Yeah. They want to do the bells and whistles and the programs, but right. you need somebody to develop that and you need somebody to run those. So, Well,
0: that's interesting to me. I, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, so what you're saying if is if a, an organization is just getting up off the ground, and uh, they need they need some money. They need an executive director. They might uh, they might need a computer. They might need a lot of things an office. Where does that yeah. darn money come from? So, what money started the Lake Monroe Water Fund? Like so way
1: back, way way back before my time. But I'm going to go in the way back machine and hope I get this right. Uh, <laughs> I know that. Um, the Nature Conservancy was involved in the, the task force that set it up. Um, and then there was some traditional fundraising that uh, our board president went out and, and raised money, you know, from individuals and, and things like that. So That would
0: be Jane Martin. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a full-time job to get out there and say to the community, help us out. We're starting up. We're going to help you, so you help us.
1: Yeah, it, it's a big job, and I'm enjoying it to the fullest. I uh, recently gave a presentation to the Rotary Club, and that oh. was exciting, and I felt like we got some good um, connections there, and it's, it's always good to have more folks in the community know about an organization just so in the future, you know, if they can provide any connections to funding or if they're interested in donating themselves, that's that's critical.
0: You can go to the uh, Bloomington and Monroe County A rotary YouTube page and uh, see that very little presentation that you made. I listened to that. You had a a good crowd there. They gave you a standing (laughs) ovation, didn't they? (laughs) Lake Monroe. We drink that stuff. Indeed. We also throw a lot of crap in there.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, some some people do, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, both inadvertently and on purpose.
1: Yeah, so uh, there's, there's the, the stuff you might think of that you see. So there's litter, you know, right. that sort of thing. Um, people being careless when, when they're boating, maybe, and they don't mean to litter, but oop, something flies off the boat and there it goes. Yeah,
0: there's wind, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Those sorts of things uh, that people are familiar with that they see. And then there's the things you don't see. So a lot of times that's going to be sediment and nutrients, which is really anything that helps plants grow. So it's fertilizer, runoff, manure, runoff Um, thinking of it as nutrients sounds kind of good
0: Good. yeah
1: and it is because it helps plants that we want to grow grow but (laughs) But, there's the big but there yeah uh, you know it also helps algal blooms grow so that's that's a challenge and an issue
0: we don't want that and as you know we uh, just about every year there's a, a blue green algal bloom here in Lake Monroe and what it does is it makes the water taste lousy. Right. Uh, it's not going to kill us at this yeah. moment, but you know, still, you'd like your water to to, to, to taste, taste good, for right. gosh right. sakes. Right. And so, the city of Bloomington Utilities Department has to treat that water extra. Right. To make him, that's more expense. That's more energy. That's more stuff thrown into the treated water and we'd like to minimize that
1: for sure um and that also kind of serves as a wake-up call to folks to say hey we we don't want to take the lake for granted right you know it's got good water quality uh, as far as drinkability now uh, once it's been treated but we want to make sure we maintain that and that we do it at a reasonable cost and so the the idea is kind of similar to, you know, if you were an automobile manufacturer and you put out a product and you had to recall it, it costs a whole lot more to recall it than it does to prevent the problem in the first place. Right. So same idea here. If you can prevent water quality problems in the first place, it's a lot cheaper and easier to deal with.
0: Our watershed for Lake Monroe extends pretty much northeast of the lake Brown County, much of Brown County, a little bit of Jackson, a little bit of Lawrence, a little bit, as we say, of uh, Bloomington and some of uh, uh, Monroe County. But you've got people who are living, it's about a 440 square mile watershed. So you've got people living tens of miles away who are doing things to their land that they might not even realize are affecting, affecting the lake.
1: Right. And one of those things uh, is septic systems. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's an important issue. And that really has a lot of implications, you know, for for water quality and for public health and, and things like that. Um, we've got over 9000 septic systems in the watershed and a lot of them are aging. A lot of them were put in uh, maybe at a time when the regulations weren't as strict oh. as they are now. Um, and we have soil types, I'm learning this, soil types that aren't the greatest for the traditional septic system field.
0: Right. It's not really doing a filtering job. No, it's it's
1: not great. And a lot of people don't really realize what they need to do to maintain a septic system. They think, oh, it's in the ground. It's, that's it. I'm done. Well,
0: (laughs) I actually have a septic system in my home, which is uh, uh, just north of the lake. And uh, I was under the impression that it's, it's built, it's there, It's a system. this is how it works, the water comes out nice and clean. Right,
1: right. That's and, all I thought. Exactly. And I, when I first got my, my very first house, it was in Brown County, it had a septic system, and I thought the same thing. Yeah. Until <laughs> we had some uh, really, really green grass growing in our... Uh, lawn where the septic field was
0: ah. and it was a clue
1: that something was wrong so we that's had fertilizer that, yeah, that's yeah. there's yeah. there's your nutrients um and
0: that's so. that's basically uh, you know gotta say it that's coming out of you yeah
1: yeah yep, for sure that's human waste and that's yeah. that's what it does um so that's one clue uh, if you have a septic system and you're there's a certain area of your lawn that's either kind of smelly kind of yeah wet, even when it hasn't been raining for a while, um, has a lot of green growth by it, you want to be aware of that and make sure that you get that system inspected then to to see if there's something wrong.
0: Well, that costs money.
1: It does, for sure. And
0: and can everybody afford that? No,
1: and that's one of the issues we're tackling, actually. And I'm really excited about this. We applied for a grant that we're hoping to find out about in the fall.
0: Uh And the
1: idea is to get people with brains bigger than mine around a table uh to figure out what can we do about financing of septic systems because it's it's not a utility that you can, you know, have a city or, or uh, uh-huh. John, a single your property it's on yeah. its private property. Yeah. So it hasn't really been tackled. Um and like you said, folks can't afford, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollar septic yeah. systems a lot of times. Yeah. They don't realize that, that that would be part of the cost of their home eventually. So,
0: Can people even rebuild their se- septic systems at this point? I know, I know there are certain areas where you, once it goes down, it's done. It's,
1: it depends on where you are. So yeah, you'd have yeah. to check with your local health department right. um, on the specific ordinances. Our idea is to try to figure out how can we help create grants, uh, maybe low-interest loans, no-interest loans, then low-interest loans for different levels of income. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it's a big idea, and we're hopeful that we can get people from the finance sector. And we already have some folks lined up to to sit around um, that steering committee yeah. and figure this out. And if we can do it here, the idea is that it could be replicated across the state, which yeah. you know, the whole state really needs... This kind of thing, too.
0: Wow. So this would be more almost a demonstration project as well as a project right. that would really help clean up Lake Monroe. Correct. Now, b- before we even go any further, is Lake Monroe dirty?
1: No. <laughs> no. I do not think it is what you would call a dirty lake right now. Huh. But it does have some... I mean, dirty a... That's a very subjective term. It does have some pollution issues. Yeah. However... It is still very – I'm thinking of it for the drinking water aspect. Right. And it's still – once the water has been treated, it's totally safe to drink. So that's that's what I'm using um, uh, in, in evaluating that. Yeah. But things can change. They can – go downhill, as it were, literally, because the the lake is uh, downhill from uh, a lot of the surrounding land. That's the whole point of it. It's at the lowest point of the watershed. And very steep hills. So, you know, I wouldn't say it is extremely dirty. And that's kind of an issue. This is going to sound weird. That's kind of an issue for us because a lot of times human beings don't act on the status quo. Oh, everything's okay. I'm drinking water safe. Cool. I don't need to do anything. Or they don't even realize that there's something that could be done. Right, Open the tap, a glass of water. Yeah. So that poses a little challenge for us in the fact that people don't see a crisis looming. And that's good, but it's also what can we do to prevent a crisis? Yeah. So that kind of gets to, to how people think and how people respond to things. And so I want people to start thinking about, well, we don't want a crisis. Like there are water quantity crises for sure going on out west which we've all seen and are terrible Um, we won't generally won't have the quantity crisis here but the quality is something we really need to keep an eyeball on
0: well what can we do we who own homes or just live here rental units what can we do
1: Well, well in your case septic system get that inspected and you want to make sure that you maintain it every 3 to 5 years that you have the tank pumped.
0: I'll tell you a funny thing about that. When I first moved here, I moved here in 2009, bought the home in 2009, and we decided, well, let's get the uh, septic service out and get the thing pumped out. We'll we'll do that. So we did it and I said to the guy, "Well, how often should we do it?" He goes, "Don't worry about it." Oh no. <laughs> and I go, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, nobody does it."
1: Oh, that A is not great for septic system maintenance, and B probably not great for his business. But. Honest to
0: gosh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, but anyway, that's the, what he
0: said, and so yeah, I took that as gospel. Right, right. Until I've been Literally. learning all this stuff of yeah. late.
1: So it's it's normally every three to five years, depending on how many people are in your home. So uh-huh. the septic systems were supposed to be sized based upon the number of bedrooms. Yeah. Now. If you're just a, a single person or just two people living in a five-bedroom house, you might be able to go longer between because yeah. if it was sized properly, it would be big enough to, to deal with that. But three to five years is the, the key.
0: And to get the septic tank pumped out is a, is a few hundred dollars, yeah, basically. It but it's the real money comes in when repairs exactly. need to be made because it's right. a concrete tank that water and stuff goes into – and then there are what are called fingers, right? Uh, pipes with holes in them that the water comes out,
1: right? Yeah. And that's yeah, that's the traditional uh, septic field that people think of. And there are newer systems that oh. do cost quite a bit. And I'm not an expert on them yet. I'm getting more information as I go. But there are some systems that don't require that amount of land and that are better uh, choices for our soil type here. So those, you know, are probably a little bit more expensive but they would be a better option as far as
0: so if we're lucky and you get this nice grant at the end of the year would you then have a pile of money that you're sitting on to help distribute to homeowners to do maintenance repair and replacement of their septic systems
1: The grant would just pay for the process of getting Ah. folks around the table. So it would not have a a pot of gold. (laughs) So we're not talking about $10
0: million. No, no, no. no.
1: And part of what we're hoping the experts that we gather would be able to come up with is how can we build a fund to to do that? And is it going to be public money, private money, a combination of – and that is still all, you know, kind of a, in the idea phase because we haven't started the program yet. But um, that's the hope is we can identify some way to get this funded.
0: That's basically what you do is right. try to figure exactly. out how to get some money <laughs> exactly. to put processes in place to get more money. Exactly. Because nothing can be done without money. That is true. Now, I saw a fascinating thing the other day. Tell me if you heard this one. Okay. Okay. Sediment flows into Lake Monroe constantly. Sediment being what?
1: Soil, what people think of as dirt.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's constantly going into Lake Monroe through all the streams and rivers and little brooks and all that that feed into it. Okay. Only 7% of that sediment each year leaves it. Correct. Correct. 93% of the sediment that flows into Lake Monroe stays there.
1: Yes, settles out and stays there. Okay,
0: you know what that comes out to? I'll bet you know this now, the way you're looking at me. I think 35,000 tons of new sediment each year settles in the lake. You know that one of these days there isn't going to be any room for water.
1: Well, that uh, is the natural thing that happens with reservoirs, which... Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that this lake is a reservoir. It was created by humans. It's not natural, um, right? So filling in of a reservoir is a phenomenon that happens over time. Yeah, The goal is to stretch out that time period as long as possible. And so reducing the amount of sediment that comes in will help do that. And that's another thing people can do on their property. So if you disturb the soil, if you dig anything up To you know, create a a shed, or you're doing a building project, or whatever. Make sure your contractor or yourself uses either straw uh, if it's like a a fairly level area, or uses. You've seen the construction fencing that helps retain. Well, what do you know? For all all these (laughs)
0: years, I've been wondering why people lay straw down on 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 uh, near construction areas on the highway and all that. that must be yeah. why.
1: So some of those uh, are kind of these mats of straw. Yeah. That help, And that's, yeah. So it helps retain that soil so you're not having it wash away or blow away even.
0: Well, another thing that's going to affect the amount of sediment going into Lake Monroe, climate change. Climate change. Oh, boy. What people are telling us is during the winter, lots of rain events, lots of precipitation during the summer, lots of drought. But when there's heavy rain in the winter, there are no crops in the fields.
1: Right, to hold that, to pull that moisture up. You know, it's not a growing plant uh, necessarily. Now, one of the uh, things that people can do is to grow cover crops, Uh uh, which will help in that respect um and those are crops that aren't you know their main harvest they're there to help protect the soil and it actually helps the quality of the soil to grow uh, crops better the next time too but it does, it would help in that respect and any kind of um like i said erosion control measures that people could take will be very helpful
0: well uh, speaking of that just this past spring the lake monroe water fund Put out the call for some volunteers. Must have got them. We did. Because in late March and then in late April, there was some activity around the lake that helped in this area. What happened?
1: Indeed. So this was at the CYO Camp Rancho Framassa, and that is right next to Claylick Creek, which eventually feeds into the lake. Right. Um, And the project was really exciting. We... Took a portion of the creek that had the the bank was pretty eroded, and we did what was what's called live staking, which it's like what the heck is that live staking? <laughs> well, basically, you take cuttings of a tree, and in this case, it's a willow tree, uh, and you just stake. It's like a stake; it's got a pointy end, and you just stick it in the bank. Oh, really? Where, yeah, and it's 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 amazing because nature's pretty pretty amazing. You know, when you let it work for you, yeah, you stick them in the creek bank, and then. As they grow, they're going to put out roots and uh-huh. help hold that soil. So it'll so, be like a fence. In a way, yeah. in a way, like a root in a root fence. Um yeah. And so we did 600 of those uh-huh. in one day in in a section of creek. You must and have had a lot of we, volunteers. We had like maybe 10. It wasn't all. It was... It was impressive. You guys were working hard then. Yeah, and that was a really neat process, and we learned a lot through that. Um,
0: And you got your hands dirty doing that. I did (laughs) indeed.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) did. And my ankles. Luckily, I was was dressed for it. Uh, I'll um, bet
0: when you got home that night, you just collapsed. (laughs) Yeah, that one.
1: And then, well, the next one was even more um, ambitious, I think. So it was the same property, but the project was planting native trees and shrubs close to that same creek and the idea there was to slow down that water that rain water yeah as it runs across a, a grassy area and it would get to the trees before it gets to the creek that was really fantastic we did 900 trees in a single day and they were container trees they weren't just the little saplings huh. so uh we were fortunate enough we received funding from the duke energy foundation and the smithville charitable foundation to do that, and so we did some hand digging, but most of it we were able to to have pre dug with a machine, which was very helpful. So we got the nine hundred in.
0: Was this a, a program that came about while you were on board here? Yes. So okay. That was one of my so first- you had to go out to Duke Energy and all that, hat in hand, and say, I got an idea. What do you think?
1: Yeah, they have a grant project um, or grant round um, for nonprofits, and so we applied for it, and the grant was accepted. And the same with the Smithville, and it it was a perfect you know, each one paid for half of it. And in fact, this is a new development. We were fortunate enough to have some cost savings, so that we're doing a third phase on that huh. same property. And we're going to help reduce the erosion and manure coming from the the horses that yeah. they use there at the camp. So we're going to do that a little washes bit of,
0: into the yeah, lake too. Yeah. yeah so yeah.
1: Um, we're going to pursue that.
0: Now our guest this week, Michelle Cohen, the executive director of the Lake Monroe Water Fund. Uh, Michelle, as you say, you you started that pro- project, uh, the plantings, and. Well, I was going to say, where do do you get the ideas? But, you know, I should tell people that you got your master's in environmental science at Indiana University, SPIA. Correct. And so you know what the heck you're talking about. But still, who else can you consult to say, boy, what should we do?
1: Oh, I've got a fantastic board of directors Uh that comes from a a wide range of um, different backgrounds and uh, different education. And, and we've got folks from all areas within the watershed. So that really helps me formulate what we can do. And um, some of those folks, you know, we've got one member from the Nature Conservancy, which, as I mentioned before, helped spark water funds around the world. And that's kind of a relationship. It's kind of a mentorship. So if I have a question or uh, need an idea, that's kind of a good um, person to, to talk to and So we've got, I think, lots and lots of ideas we want to pursue.
0: Michelle Cohen, how does someone get more information on the Lake Monroe Water Fund?
1: Well, we've got a website, and here's our very creative website name. It's lakemonroewaterfund.org.
0: Michelle Cohen, thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: It was great to be here.